Exodus 15.7 says, and in the greatness of your excellence. Just reminding us that's our theme this year, excellence. And uh, in looking at excellence, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit and how he wants to help us in excellence, and he wants us to be excellent for him. And uh, we looked at Luke 11, 9 through 13, and where uh, he gives us the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And then uh, I read that devotional, and we looked at that a couple times. I'm going to continue on with that because uh, this week as I was looking at it, it just jumped out at me again. I'm going to read it to you one more time. It says, the Holy Spirit is the oil of gladness. The Lord said, I see the oppression of my people. I hear their cry. I know their sorrows. Just as the Lord knew and identified with the suffering of his people in Moses' day, he knows your troubles today. He is oil pouring himself into your wounds. He can make you rejoice. Lord, your healing oil is good. Rejuvenate my spirit and take away the scars of my mind, just as your oil takes away the physical pain. I also want you to take away mental and spiritual memories. Let your oil wash away the impurities in my wounds and cleanse me physically and mentally. The Holy Spirit is oil. When he pours his presence on your discouragement, you'll have new zeal to live for God and new strength to serve him. You'll rejoice. The Holy Spirit is oil. When he pours his presence on your failures, you'll see new opportunities in your life. You'll grow. He is oil, washing away your impurities that fester and breed germs, and you can be whole again. He is oil, giving you a second chance and a new opportunity. Let the oil of the Holy Spirit give you a new challenge this day. And what we looked at last week is where it says the Holy Spirit is oil. When he pours his presence on your discouragement, you'll have new zeal to live for God and new strength to serve him. You'll rejoice. And last week we looked at discouragement. We're actually going to look at this, even this one saying again, because two things jumped out at me, new zeal and new strength, new zeal to live for God and new strength to serve God. It just jumped out at me, new zeal, because you know what? How many of us would like new zeal in our life? How many of us would like, how about a new zeal for God, as it says here, a new zeal for God in our life? How about a new zeal for our spouses, a new zeal for our work, a new zeal for life, just life and just a new zeal, and it just jumped out at me. You know what? I want a new zeal. I'll be honest with you. I want a new zeal in my life, and... uh, The Holy Spirit wants us to have new zeal in our life. I believe when we have a new zeal for God and we have new zeal to live for God and as we spend time with God, all the other zeals will start coming into line, a new zeal for our spouse, a new zeal for our work, a new zeal for everything. So it says in Philippians 3, 17 through 21, It says, Brethren, join me in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern that you have in us. For many walk of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, 
for which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he is even to subject all things to himself. Now, one of the keys we're looking at here, probably the main key that we're looking at this morning is what it says right here. It says, who set their minds on earthly things. Where we set our minds and where we allow our minds to go is going to set the course because ultimately our actions come from our minds. So if we're going to set our minds on earthly things, Paul's telling us here that these people were setting their minds on earthly things so much, he says that they are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is in their shame, and set their minds on earthly things. So my first question is, where are our minds set? What are our minds thinking about? What are our minds dwelling on? Where are we taking our minds and where are we allowing them to go? You know, when my children were young, we got rid of TV for about 12 years. We didn't have TV for about 12 years. And uh, for our family, it was one of the best things and best decisions that we made because we spent much more time with our children as a family doing things, um, especially during the wintertime when it gets dark so early anyway. And we played a lot more games together, had a lot more fellowship together. It was a great decision that we made. And uh, when our kids were young, Jake got to an age... And uh, there was a show on, and it's still on TV, but it's not new shows. And it was called Friends. And they have a lot of sexual innuendos on there. And Jake started getting the sexual innuendos. And there was no way I was going to watch a show. Not that I should have been watching it anyway, necessarily. And Aaron said, I, th- and I think we should get rid of TV. And we did. And we didn't have it. And when we got it back, there's a reason we got it back. That's because Jake got older, and he was always going to friend's house to watch TV because he wanted to watch sports, and we never saw him anymore because he's always leaving. And Aaron said, I don't want my child being gone all the time watching TV somewhere else. I want him to be here. So we got TV. And I said, I don't want it back. If we get TV, I will watch it. If I don't have TV, I won't watch it, and I'm okay without it. But if we get TV, I know I'll sit there. And I don't know about for you guys, but even when I watch TV, now we have about 5 billion channels. I mean, and I still can't find anything that's worthwhile to watch most of the time. I'm serious. Most of the time when I watch TV to this day again, I might as well just hold the channel changer down and just watch it go through. Because that's about what I see. It just goes click, click. I can't find anything that I actually want to sit down and watch. And I used to love sports, and I used to love watching tons of sports. And I watch them for a little bit. And everything's old and everything's boring. And I'm not saying get rid of your TV. I'm not saying throw out the baby with the bathwater. But I wonder how much time we spend watching TV. And I didn't look up any statistics to read to you. I'm sure we could go on the Internet. Somebody could look it up on their phone right now and say the average person in the United States watches so many hours of TV a day, a week, a 
I don't know what it is, but it's high. And so much of the stuff that is on TV that we're putting in our minds is not uplifting to God. A lot of it's anti-God. A lot of it's anti-biblical. And we fill our minds with it. And then we wonder why we struggle the way we do. Why we'll walk with the Lord as the way it is. It's because we're not filling our minds with what we need to be filling our minds with. We're setting our minds on earthly things. You know, uh, we all have bills to pay. We need to work. We, there's all things we need to take care of. But are we building a kingdom for God? Or are we building a kingdom for ourselves? Is this life just about us and what's about us down here and how we're living it right now? Or are we want to do something for God and His kingdom? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And we're always trying to make everything of this world. Monique talked about worry and stress, and even politically, and all that's going on politically right now, and all the division that's taking place in our country, and all that's happening. That's all of the world. And I'm not saying stick your head in the sand. You know I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, you know what, like I've said before, I quit watching the news. I don't watch the news at all anymore because it just brings me down. It gets me depressed. My life's too short to spend my whole life down and depressed. That's not what God has for us. He has more than that. And he has more than us just thinking about earthly things and filling our mind with earthly earthly things. Earthly things over and over and over. And just getting stuck there and staying there. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. Yes, we're citizens of the United States, and yes, that does give us certain rights. But the citizenship here is not nearly as important as our citizenship is in heaven. And that's eternal. And that's going to be forever. Where's your mind? Where's your mind going? Where where are you taking your mind? What type of movies are you watching? What kind of TV shows are we watching? What kind of people are we around that are filling our minds with things? Because what goes in is going to be what comes out. And if we keep putting the same stuff in and you want to have different results, it's not going to happen. We all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results, and yet we do that. A new zeal for God needs, means we need to make some changes. And the number one change, and the really thing I really wanted to grasp onto this morning is our mind. If we could go back and look at our past week, and see where our mind was and where it went and all those different things, it might be scary to some of us. It might really make some of us nervous. I'm going to share something with you. The more time you spend your mind in this thing right here, it's going to encourage you. It's going to help you. It's going to exhort you. It's going to start giving you a new zeal. A new zeal for ministry, a new zeal for the Lord, a new zeal in your relationship with Him, a new zeal, a new strength to serve Him. Not only a new zeal, but a new strength. Now, Pastor Dave, he's not sleeping well these days. 
He uh, wakes up during the middle of the night every night at least however many times, have a hard time going back to sleep. It's not because now I'm all worried or anything like that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what it is. I remember my grandpa talking about waking up during the middle of the night all the time. And uh, I think part of it just may be hereditary. It may just be, I'm old. I don't know what it is. But with that, I am old. I'm old man Reaver now. With that, there's a tiredness. I'm tired all the time. You know, there's certain sleep patterns we need to go through, and you go through different levels of sleep, and you don't have a chance to do all that. And part of that of your body is rejuvenating physically and emotionally. It's rejuvenating to us and miss out on that. And I'm crying out to God for new strength, and I'm thinking, here it is. Keep getting closer to God. Keep spending your time with Him. You want new strength? You want new zeal, Dave? Start spending time with God. Turn the TV off completely. You know what? I, w- I watch TV for a few minutes now, and I turn it off because I can't even find anything like I said. I'm bored with it anyway. So start taking that time and start putting it into God time, spending time with Him. And I still have my devotions with Him. I'm still reading through the Bible every day. I still spend time with God. I pray. I'm doing all those things. But even where I am in my life, I want a new zeal. I want that. I want a new zeal. I want a new strength in my life. I want a new zeal for ministry. I want a new zeal in my walk with the Lord. I want to be more excited than I've ever been. And to do that, we need to change things. We need to change our mind. We need to change our mind setting. We need to start getting God at the center, at the focus. We need to start reminding ourselves that our true citizenship is in heaven. More scriptures I'm going to read. This says along the same line, Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. What are we seeking? Are we seeking money? Do we think more money is what's going to bring us that happiness, that contentment that we're looking for? What are we seeking out in this life? What do we want to get out of this life? Paul's telling us here, start seeking the things above. Start seeking the Lord. Start spending more time with Him and quit setting your minds on the things that are on the earth. Saying the exact same thing Daddy said before. We need to start spending time seeking Him, seeking His will, seeking what He wants for in our life, spending more personal time with Him. You know, one of my favorite Christian songs these last few years has been, Here in Your Presence, All Things Are New, Here in Your Presence. And I love that song. And when I'm at home, I turn it on my uh, computer all the time. I go to YouTube and put it here in your presence, just start playing that song. And it just starts ministering to me and speaking to me. And the uh, other one I've been doing this week a lot is Myrna, who I just saw walk in, uh, sent a link to Aaron for one of the songs we sing here, Waymaker, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light of the Darkness, God, that is who you are. And just playing that over and over and over, 
way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, you are. You know what? When I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm singing here in your presence and I'm sitting there and I'm singing way maker, miracle, and I'm singing these things and it's, it, you know what? I'm just getting built up. I'm just getting encouraged. I'm just getting like, yes, new strength, new energy, new zeal. Yes, Lord, keep failing me. Keep failing me. But some of the other stuff, it just starts draining me. Just starts sucking the life right out of me. Things of the world just start taking life. Just start sucking it right out of me. What does it say here in Colossians? It says here in verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Christ is our life. When we keep seeking the things of the earth, it's like Christ. It's just getting sucked right out of us. Now, he promises to never leave us and never forsake us. So I'm not saying that, but we don't, we're not spending time with him. We're not being transformed the way he wants to be transforming us because our mind is focused on things of the world. And as we're focused on things of the world, it's sucking the life right out of us. It's sucking our spiritual life right out of us. So though we still have a relationship, it starts getting weaker rather than stronger. And as it gets weaker, we have a tendency to get distracted quicker and quicker and to, and to stay distracted longer. Now, Aaron and I have been married 35 years. Two good ones. No, I'm just kidding. And in 35 years, in 35 years, emotions go up and emotions go down. Feelings aren't always there. You don't always have that feeling all the time. They come and they go. But the more time that we work at our relationship, the more time that we spend together working at, being with, being each other, and not just sitting next to each other, but actually communicating and being with each other, and the, the stronger we get, the better it gets, the better our relationship gets. And the same thing's true with God. The more time we seek the things above and spend time with Him and spend time in His presence and spend time soaking up with Him, we get closer to Him, we get stronger in Him. And the stronger we get, the better it is for each and every one of us. So sometimes we wonder, what's going on and why am I so weak spiritually? What's happening? We're not spending any time with God. We're spending time in the world. We're seeking the things of the world. We're distracted and we're caught up. It says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You guys remind yourselves that. We've died. Each and every one of us, our life is over. Our life is now Christ. Christ is our life. He is our strength. He is our energy. And we need to be spending time with him. I'm going to keep hammering this the whole morning. I'm going to move on. Matthew 22, 36 through 37 says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. And then he goes on, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. You want to be more in love with God? Spend more time in your mind with God. 
Spend more time focusing with Him. That's the greatest commandment that we can have. When we love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, we will be loving our neighbors as ourselves. It's it's so much easier, and God commands us to do it, and we naturally start loving our neighbors when we love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. But when we don't love God with all our heart, all our soul, and mind, everybody bothers us. Everybody gets on our nerves. Everybody starts getting to us. And all the little things and all the, everything just starts beating us up. But in our mind, in the way we fall more in love in our mind, is to spend more time with God in His presence, being there with Him, loving Him, allowing His love to come alongside us, to, to lift us up, to encourage us. During our time of... Uh, of greeting. I went over and gave Christian a hug and Christy a hug, and I could tell Christy was struggling. I said, are you okay? And she said, no. And I don't have permission to share this, but I'm sharing it anyway because I think it's fine that I do. What's going on? What do you want me to pray for? Well, it was your stepdad who had passed away, and your uncle's not doing well, right? And the service for her stepdad is this Saturday, and her uncle could pass away any time, And she said, my stepdad didn't know the Lord, and there's family issues there anyway. And she was just hurting, plain and simple hurting when we've all been there. And I said, can I just pray for you right now? Yeah, so we had a chance to just pray while everyone was greeting. We had a chance to pray together. I share that with you for a couple reasons. One is the service is this Saturday at noon. I want you all to be praying for Christy and her family as they have the service this Saturday. I can tell she's not looking forward to it, but she's going to go and support. Second thing is, I want you praying for Christy right now because she's obviously upset and had this as a difficult time for her. And third, I want to remind us, the more time we spend with our Lord right now and you, Christy, spending time in His presence and being encouraged by Him, it does help us. It helps us. And when we care enough to reach out and call somebody and see how they're doing. Hey, it seems like you're having a tough time. I just wonder how amazing it would be if this week, if Christy got called by every single person who's in this room right now. If every single one of us said, okay, I'm going to call Christy and check on her and see how it's doing. I wonder what difference it would imp- how it would impact her life. If every single one of us just said, Christy, I'm thinking about you. I know you're hurting. I'm praying for you. I think it would make a huge difference in my life that people care enough to call on me and check on me and see how they're doing and make sure you're doing okay and reaching out. And so uh, I encourage you guys, if you remember, call Christy. Check on her. See how she's doing. Give her a call. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. That's all of who we are. That's our emotions. That's our will. That's our intellect. That's what he's talking about here. Your emotions, your will, and your intellect. And we're to love him with all that. And we need to keep our minds focused on him more and more and more, or we go the opposite way. More scriptures I want to look at this morning. Romans 8, 5 through 8 says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death. 
But the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life. It's peace. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's joy. It's all. And we have a choice where we set our minds. That is a choice of the will that we make, where we're going to set our minds, where we're going to continue to dwell on, what we're going to think about, what we're going to. You can't always allow what's going to come up in here, but you can keep it or you can send it out. And if you choose to keep it and you dwell on it, it's going to make a difference. Says, I'm going to read it again. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Know what that Spirit is capitalized. Is it in our translation there? No, actually, we've been looking at that on um, capitalization in our, our, our Bible thing because I was told that God's not capitalized when it should be capitalized many times in our. And it should be capitalized there. Mine is capitalized, and I take it out of the NESB, and that's the NESB, and I don't know what's going on, but we're looking into it, trying to figure it out right now. Spirit is capitalized. It's God. It's Holy Spirit. But the mindset on the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. The mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. So we need to have our minds set on the Spirit. More scriptures. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect it says in verse 1 therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God it's by God's mercies that we are to present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship you guys ever heard the term antinomian Look, I'm getting kind of blank stares. Antinomianism was in the church. Um, it's still in the church. And antinomianism means when a person would give their life to the Lord, after that, what they did in the body didn't matter. Because their soul is saved, so what they do with their bodies didn't matter, which would lead to very much licentiousness and uh, a lot of... Uh, sins because they said it didn't matter at that point i'm saved my soul saved what my body does doesn't matter so i can go out and do what with my body whatever i want to do with my it's called antinomianism it's still in the church today there are still people who are like that you know and because i can do whatever i want because god's grace is big enough therefore i can just go do what i want to do 
It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. God wants us to present all of us, our bodies included, as a living and holy sacrifice to him. And that is our spiritual service of worship. He wants us to worship him through the presentation of our bodies. But it's only by the mercies of God we can do this. And then it says, and do not be conformed to this world. You see, when we believe in antinomianism, we conform to this world right away. We just go back to the world standards and what they're talking about. We're thinking about the world. We're dwelling on the world. And as we already saw there, that's death. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. Do you guys remember that word transformed is metamorpho, from which we get our word metamorphosis? Yeah, to be transformed from a caterpillar into a butterfly. Total transformation. Brand new. The old is dead. The caterpillar's gone. The caterpillar's not around anymore. That's what we were talking about. The old man's dead. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to be renewing our minds in God over and over and over and over and renewing and renewing. Just like Aaron and I need to be working at a relationship all the time. We need to be renewing our minds in the Lord all the time, over and over and over. Because you are renewing your minds. Even if it's not in the Lord, you are renewing your minds on something. And you can do it to bring life or you can do it to bring death. I encourage you to do it to bring life. That's just my personal opinion. You guys do what you want to do with it. But my, my strong exhortation is to renew it unto life. True life. Real life. Eternal life. And that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. And the will of God is good, and the will of God is acceptable, and the will of God is perfect, is complete. That's the will of God that he has for each and every one of us. And this is the last scripture I want to look at. It's Isaiah, and it's in here somewhere I have it. It's Isaiah 40, 28. It says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the, creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired, his understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary or not faint. You want to have new zeal in life? You want to have new strength in life? Start waiting upon the Lord. Start having your mind wait upon the Lord. And remember that word wait has two meanings to it. One is to wait like we're waiting for something to happen. We're to wait like that. And the other is to wait like a waiter or a waitress. So we wait upon and we're serving. And we, as we're waiting on God, we're serving God. And as we're serving God, we're waiting on God. It doesn't necessarily mean to just sit there and go sit down and just wait forever. It means as we're waiting on God, we're waiting on God. And we continue to wait on him. And as we wait on God, we renew our strength. We renew our zeal. Why? 
Because God wants to show you what's good and acceptable and perfect. That's his will for our lives, church, is what is good and acceptable and perfect. And as we wait on him, we start seeing that more and more and more in our lives. We start seeing that we're walking in victory rather than walking in defeat. And as Satan comes with his temptations, because they're still going to be there and he's still going to bring them, but as we're waiting on God, we're strong and we're healthy and we're able to fight him off. Whereas so many people are sick right now, our bodies are tired, our bodies are worn out, our bodies are beat up, and when the sickness comes on, sick, the virus is going around like crazy right now. Same thing's true spiritually. When we're really weak spiritually, it's, we just get beat up and run over, but we're strong. That's why it says in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, brethren, stand strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Because it's His mercies. It's His strength. It's, it's his grace. It's his love that encourages us, that gives us new zeal. And as we wait upon him, we grow in that. We get strong in that. Here's the other thing in Isaiah it, that I love that it says here. It says, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. God's never weary. He's never tired. He's always raring to go. He's always, let's do this. Come on. Come on, Dave. Let's go. We can do this. Come on. We can do this together. Let's do this. Whereas I'm tired, just like I just want to sit here and be tired, and I'm just beat, and I just need to vegetate for a while. God's saying, forget that. Let's go get this thing done. Come on. Let's have a new zeal. Let's have a new strength. Let's get going. God doesn't become weary or tired. We need to tap into his strength, into his power, into his love, into his zeal. Amen? Let's close in prayer. I was going to keep going, but it's time, so let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you never get weary and you never get tired. I thank you, God, that you have what is good and acceptable and perfect for each and every one of us, and that is your will for each and every one of us, Lord Jesus and that we would live our lives to prove that to those around us, Lord Jesus. And that we would start renewing our minds in you more than we ever have, Lord Jesus. And as we renew our minds in you, and you transform us to be more like you, and we thank you, it's by your mercies that we're even able to do this, Lord Jesus. And uh, I pray for every Christian in this room right now, Lord. And... Uh, and I just pray, Lord, that you would give us a new zeal and a new strength. And I want to pray for anybody in this room right now who maybe who doesn't know you. And if there is somebody who's never accepted Christ, I want to give you a chance this morning. If you've never accepted him, he only comes in by invitation and he wants to come in. He's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking and he wants to come in and have a personal relationship with you. And if you want with him, one with him, I just want you to stand up and walk down front. And I just want to pray for you and pray with you and introduce you to him. And you can come to know him and have a personal relationship. Is there anybody who would like to do that? Then, Father, I pray that we all know you and we have that personal relationship with you. And now I just want to give a, a call to the people who know the Lord. If you've been beat up and weary and tired, and struggling, and the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning, and you want a new zeal. You want a new strength. And don't stand up just to stand up. I mean, the Holy Spirit's really working on you this morning. 
I know every person in this room can stand up and say, yes, I want a new zeal, a new strength. For I understand that. But if, if, if this is really speaking to you and you're really saying, yes, I really want this, and Lord, I'm really crying out to, right now for this in my life. If that's you, I want to pray for you. So just stand up where you are, and I want to pray for you right now. Any more standing? Heavenly Father, I pray for those who are standing, Lord, and they're crying out right now, Lord Jesus. They're, they're saying, God, meet me. I want new zeal. I want new strength. I want a refilling of your Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want your power. I want your love. I want all of you, God. And I, and I need you right now to just come in. And so, Lord, I'm just crying out to you. And now I'm thanking you, God, that you are, you are. You're never wearied. You're never tired. You're filling me right now. You're strengthening me right now. I pray that rivers of living water would just start gushing from their innermost being again. And I pray for a new, a new zeal and a new strength and a new filling of your Holy Spirit. I pray it upon each and every one. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone says... It is so. Amen. Let's stand up and close in song. Amen.